0: Uh, recently Natalie and I were watching this new show uh, about a bunch of teenage girls that were on a, uh, on a chartered plane uh, and it ended up crashing out in the middle of the ocean uh, and they got stranded out on a desert island, right? So out in the middle of the ocean, stranded on this random desert island, there's nobody on the island, there's no food, they're not even sure if there's drinking water, all they know is that they were in a plane crash, right? Uh, and there's only like nine or ten of, of these teenage girls uh, on this island, and so you've got all the different kinds of characters because it's a TV show, right? So you have to have a lot of the stereotypical characters. You've got the uh, the athlete who's actually a competition swimmer, right? Who just, you know she's marooned on a desert island. She just happens to be a competition swimmer. Come on, right? Uh, But she's the one that gets eaten by a shark later. Just spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) uh, So you've got the competition swimmer. uh, You've got the the nice, really quiet shy girl who doesn't talk to anybody. Uh, You've got the one who really likes like survivor type shows and she just happens to know how to build a fire out of a couple of sticks and build a shelter uh, and you've got all these different characters, um, that are stranded on this island, and one of the characters, uh, is actually a Christian girl, uh, she's a Christian from Texas, and she's got big hair, her dad owns a ranch, and, you know, they're very stereotypical, what the rest of the world thinks that Texas is, just a bunch of, uh, southern Christian people, uh, but they're all stranded on this desert island, right, and, um, they're sitting around the campfire one night in the show. In one of the episodes, they're sitting around a campfire just laughing and uh, having a good time, trying to find some joy in the midst of being stranded on a desert island. Uh, and so they start talking about the lives that they left behind, right? The lives that they're missing out on because they're stranded on this desert island. Uh, and one of the girls... Uh, Starts talking, about, um, starts talking about herself and who she is, and it comes out in the show that she's gay, right? She, she's uh, in a bunch of different uh, relationships with other girls it's about the relationship she's had, uh, and everybody's just laughing and hooting and hollering, and it gets, uh, it gets going and going and going so far down the line that the Christian girl at one point just is like, Stop! Just screaming out, stop, and they all look at her like she's nuts, and they're like, what's your problem? She goes, can y'all just stop? Y'all are making me so incredibly uncomfortable, and they just kind of look at her like she is the worst person in the entire world, right? And she's like, y'all are making me so uncomfortable. I get that that's your lifestyle, but I don't agree with it. That's not what my faith teaches me. Can y'all just stop talking about it? And what do you think happens? they immediately turn on her, right? They immediately look at her and like, how dare you? How dare you tell me how to live? How dare you say that my lifestyle goes against what God wants? How dare you even talk to me that way? And they start yelling at her and berating her and calling her a bigot and uh, telling her she's just this, this evil Christian from Texas that wants nothing more than just to ruin everybody else's fun. And they end up like, uh, right before they run, literally run her off into the jungle and say, don't you ever come back, don't you ever talk to us again, uh, she looks at the group and says, hey, what, what is the deal? Can I not have my own beliefs? Can I not have my own convictions? And one of the girls looks at her and says, No, you can't. You can't have your own convictions. Not about this. This is who I am. You can't have beliefs about who I am. And they run her off into the jungle. Um, and, as, and of course, mainstream uh, TV does a lot of the times, um, runs the Christian off into the jungle. But a couple episodes later, Uh, girl goes out to find her in the jungle, and the Christian has basically turned on her faith, right? She's given up on God. She doesn't want to be uh, ostracized from the rest of the group. So she comes in, and uh, she ends up forming a relationship with the other girl who was talking about being gay. And they end up, she said she stood for at the beginning of the show, right? And of course, what happens as soon as she does that, the group brings her back in, and they say, Man, I'm so glad you're back with us. I'm so glad you understood the way that you were supposed to act. I'm so glad that you understood that you weren't supposed to have any opinions on that. And essentially, when she gives up on being a faithful Christian, when she gives up on all of the things that God is convicting her in her spirit, that's when the culture of the island, that's when the group, that's when society pulled her back in and said, okay, Now you can be a part of our group. Now you can be a part of what we're doing here on this island because you gave up on all the convictions that God had for you, your Christian faith, and now you're agreeing with what we want you to believe. And so unfortunately... This storyline is all too common, especially in media and television and movies. The Christian is viewed as this person who is a bigot and a hater and somebody who wants to ruin everyone else's fun, somebody who's just out to judge everyone else out. Thus, we're going to talk about cancel culture, right? Well, we've talked about it. Somebody tell me a definition of what you think cancel culture is. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily. Uh, in terms of in terms of the world, what, is the, what does the the term cancel culture mean? That's what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. But what does cancel culture mean? What have you heard it mean before? Anybody? Have you ever heard? How many of y'all heard the term cancel culture before? Okay. Yeah. So cancel culture is basically this idea that if I disagree with you, if I have if I if I believe in something different than what you believe in, that must mean that I hate you. Right, I don't agree with what you believe in. I don't believe in the things that, I, that you believe in. So I am a toxic influence in your life because I don't believe in the same things that you believe in. And so what are we supposed to do with toxic influences with bad people in our life? You cancel them out. You get rid of them out of your life. And just like this show did with the Christian girl who was preaching gospel, of what Jesus would want her to say in those situations. Maybe not the best way to put it, but she gave up her Christian convictions, and that's when the culture of the island brought her back in right, on her faith. Instead of canceling her out and sending her off, what this series is talk about cancel culture, where, where our faith differs from what popular culture wants it to be. And I I was talking with the leaders earlier tonight about the main idea of what this is supposed to be uh, is that culture should inform us how we share Jesus with culture. It shouldn't inform us of who Jesus is and what he tells us to do and who he tells us to be. And so we're going to look tonight uh, at at who Jesus wants us to be. We're going to look at this idea of cancel culture. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about hard to talk about conversations. We're going to talk about racism and hate. We're going to talk about sexual sin and homosexuality. We're going to talk about politics. I know I'm tired of talking about politics, but we're going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about uh, the, the idea of morality versus spirituality. We're going to talk about hate, and we're going to talk about all these different things uh, in view of what Jesus would want us to say and to believe in a culture that doesn't want to listen to what Jesus has to say and believe. Uh, so tonight what we're going to do is we're going to look at a short passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, if you'll open up your Bibles or, or uh, flip over to it, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, it'll also be up on the screen. Um, starting off in, uh, in verse 18, it says, uh, Do not deceive yourselves. If any one of you thinks he is wise by the standards of this age, he should become a fool so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. And as it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then no more boasting about men. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death or the present or future. All are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is of God. So 1 Corinthians 3. Starting off in verse 18, uh, Paul is kind of writing this letter to the Corinthians and kind of helping them along their faith journey, right? You know, he started this church in Corinth. Um, and, and as, as every uh, church in our Bible learned from Jesus, it's a, it's a radically different viewpoint than anything that they've witnessed before. Um, and so this Corinthian church has kind of, like, lost their way a little bit, right? They've kind of lost their way on following after Jesus and what he's taught to them. And so, um, you know, they still go to church. They still love Jesus, but uh, essentially they're arguing between each other about um, who, who is the right influence to listen to. Is it, is it Paul's teaching about Jesus? Is it um, is it, is it Cephas' teaching about Jesus or Apollos? Uh, what about the Romans? The Romans have their own ideas or, uh, you know, the Greeks, they have their own ideas about uh, what what our faith should be. And so all these different influences have kind of infiltrated the Corinthian church a little bit. Uh, and so Paul's trying to remind them that worldly wisdom uh, is not really wisdom at all, right? It's not what God wanted them uh, to believe in because the the knowledge that the world has to offer is definitely flawed. It's, it's not uh, the gospel wisdom that they're supposed to get from God. Uh, and so Paul's reminding of this to stop boasting about being number one in the world, not boasting about all the things that you, uh, you're a citizen of the world, you know all of these different cultures and all these different ideas. What he's telling them is to chase after Jesus first and foremost. Don't put your hope and your faith into the things of this world, into the teachers of this world. And so the first thing uh, that will be up on the screen behind me that I want you to write down in your notebooks is that the world does not tell us who Jesus is. The world does not tell us who Jesus is. You know, the Bible is, is stacked full of instances and stories uh, about people who wanted Jesus to be and to do different things than he actually did, right? Right? You know, after years and years, uh, and almost the entire Old Testament, um, uh, or actually the entire Old Testament, the Israelites waiting on this Savior, uh, and they wanted Jesus to come and be this conquering hero that was going to come in and kill all the bad guys and put Israel back in a place of power. But Jesus didn't come as that. Like we learned this Christmas, Jesus came as this humble servant, uh, this, this suffering servant that would come and wash feet, not kill people, right? Uh, and, And today is no different. The world wants Jesus to be something that he is not, right? They want him to be accepting of our sin. They want him to be accepting of certain lifestyles, of opinions. They want Jesus to essentially look just like they do, right? They want him to be what we should get to do. Then that makes us that we are always right. Well, that's wrong, right? Jesus... The world does not tell us who Jesus is. Jesus does not line up with the popular idea of what this world wants us to, uh, wants to believe in. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that uh, he says the standards of this age, the, the wisdom of our world is not wisdom at all, right? It's, it's actually foolishness. And, and buying into the knowledge, this, this foolishness, uh, putting our wisdom and our, and, our, and our trust and our hope in the things of this world, Uh, is, is completely wrong. Our hope and our trust should be in Jesus above any other name. And then Paul goes on to say, if it's foolishness to not buy into wisdom, if it's foolishness, if the world looks at me being foolish to not buy into the worldly wisdom, then man, I hope I'm a fool, right? That's what Paul is telling them. If it's foolishness to not follow the world, then we should all be fools because, again, we gain real wisdom and we gain real righteousness when we don't put our hope and our trust in what the world wants us to put it in. And so the second thing I want you to write down, the second thing to write down in your notebooks is that the world's knowledge isn't really wisdom. The world's knowledge isn't wisdom, all right? You know, there's a, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? Knowledge isn't just kind of knowing about something. Knowledge is having an understanding of, of what something is. But wisdom is having an understanding of what to do with knowledge. How to, how to put knowledge into purpose and how to have this profound uh, perspective on making right decisions, decisions based on using knowledge. And so what we want is wisdom. What we want is godly wisdom. And how do we get wisdom? We read our Bibles. We pray and ask God for wisdom. We look to other Christians in our life who are more mature and have been through it before and seek understanding and wisdom from them on how they have experienced it, what they have gone through. We go to church. We come to student ministry and go to student worship. We find accountability in our lives. If you don't have an accountability partner, man, find one today. I'll be it for you. Just text me. Find some accountability in your life, in a parent or in a student leader or in your fellow peers. Find accountability that will point you back to wisdom. You know, a couple weeks ago, uh, our missions pastor Patrick uh, preached on, on the idea that everyone and everything is good inherently, right? And I think he hit the nail on the head, uh, especially as we open up this, this series uh, on culture and on our faith. He said, We need to be careful about what we call good or who we call good after we need to be careful about what we are in if jesus is not in it because if jesus is not in it it is not good right worldly wisdom worldly knowledge is not going to ever measure up to what god's wisdom is to what the truth of the gospel of jesus is for your life and that's where we need to find our hope and our trust and the last thing i want you to write down one more point uh, and then we'll break off into small groups here in just a minute. Um, but I think it's the most important thing uh, for us to remember is that Jesus was canceled out by his culture. So we've got the world that doesn't tell us who Jesus is, and we've got uh, that worlds, worldly knowledge isn't actually true wisdom. Something I, I hope it's encouraging for you, but it also breaks my heart a little bit, that Jesus was canceled out by his culture, right? Popular culture of the day didn't want to hear what Jesus had to say. They didn't want him to do the things that he did, have dinner with sinners, and heal the sick that were looked at as broken and this outside people in society. They didn't want him to overturn the religious laws of the day and take power away from the people who were in power. And so through that, Jesus was canceled out by his own culture, right? In Luke chapter 16 in your Bible, it says as Jesus is teaching, it says the religious leaders of the day sneered at Jesus' teacher. That means they made fun of him. That means they were angry at what Jesus was teaching the people in the day. In Luke chapter 16, in Luke 23, uh, as Jesus is headed to the cross, they, the religious leaders bring Jesus before Pilate and it says they call him a subverter. They say he's stirring up trouble in the region because of the truth that he spoke, because of the love that he showed to the people. They literally run him down and arrest him and kill him on the cross because his truth and his love and the hope that he was sharing with people went against what culture wanted him to be. And now thankfully, you know, we all know how the story ends, right? Jesus was canceled by his culture and he was taken to the cross, but he didn't stay there, right? He rose again. He beats death. He beats sin. He beats this idea of canceling out what God wants you and wants me to be. And y'all, as we go into this this series over the next couple of weeks, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm very excited about this because I think how desperately every single one of us needs to hear it. But these conversations are going to be awkward, Right? These conversations that we have, these topics that we cover, are going to be hard to talk through. It's going to be difficult to see and hear everything out in the world that they want you to believe, and they want you to buy into, and they want you to put your hope in. They're going to be seeing it constantly throughout your week on social media, and the news, in your friend conversation. Source. There's one source of hope, one source of truth, and one source of wisdom that we need to find ourselves going to time and time again, and that is Jesus. We need to find who Jesus is, who he wants us to be in this, in this alone. Your source of hope, your source of encouragement is Jesus and Jesus alone, not what culture wants you to be. And so we're going to dive in these next couple of weeks, and we're going to talk about these hard-hitting issues, and we're going to talk about where our faith differs and we're going to talk about ways to have conversations with people where they don't run you off into the jungle afterwards, right? <laughs> we're, going to have, we're going to talk about ways to have conversations. We're going to talk about the things that you need to believe in and the things that your friends at school need to hear about. Because ultimately, we have a Savior. We have uh, this, this amazing Jesus who wants nothing more than a deep, thriving relationship with each one of us. So we can't turn our backs on who he is for what we want him to be, what our world wants him to be.